Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The grace of God in our lives. Acts chapter number 6, if you would. Acts chapter number 6. It's been some months now, but um, I guess back in early spring, we spent some time one Sunday morning and Sunday evening dealing with the grace of God in, in Stephen's life. As you come to Acts chapter number 6, you begin to see an individual by the name of Stephen and the importance of his life and, and what his life meant to the, the, the church history, if you would. And uh, as you think about this, as you come to Acts chapter number 6, we're going to find ourselves dealing with a couple of things concerning his life. And I pray it will be a help and a blessing to you. And uh, Stephen, up to this point uh, in the book of Acts, up to uh, really this point you've seen Peter as a prominent figure. He's been a central uh, focus, if you would, and the Lord's been using him in a mighty way. As you get to chapter number 13, you'll begin to see that transition all the way to Paul, and Paul will be used mightily of the Lord in Acts chapter number 13 onward. And, and right in the midst, as you begin to think about that, how do you bridge two heroes of the faith like that? You've got Peter who was accomplishing something great and you've got Paul who was one that we can relate to today and, and that who we can really look to as a, a prominent hero of the faith. And you begin to think about that and God always knows how to bridge everything, doesn't he? He always knows what's needed and when it's needed and how it's needed and who's needed. And right in the midst of chapter number 6, you see an individual by the name of Stephen. Now, Stephen, as you come to realize who he was and his ministries, you think about those individuals' ministries. Peter was used of the Lord. His main ministry location was the city of Jerusalem and ministering to those Jewish people. Uh, Paul was located all throughout the Roman Empire, obviously, and reaching the Gentiles and doing a work for the Lord. And then you come to Stephen. And you say, well, what, what was Stephen? You know, what, what about Stephen? Well, it's Stephen's ministry, his martyr, and, and, and that sparked a fire in the church, and, and that, that fire was needed to go out into all the world. Even today, as you go and you study church history, you'll come to Stephen and you begin to see how the Lord used him, and still to this day is using him. The message that he proclaimed, and not only the message that he proclaimed, but the message that was portrayed just by how he conducted himself, and the way that he lived. We're going to get to this here in a few moments. Go with me, if you would, Acts chapter number 6, verse number 15. We'll come back to this later on. This is where we'll find ourselves closing out. But in Acts chapter number 6, verse number 15, Stephen has been accused of some things. He's not only been accused of some things, but he's been ridiculed. He's been slandered. He's been talked about. And in verse number 15, the Bible says this, And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now, we're going to come back to that here in a few moments, but that, that, that right there concerning his, his portraying of who he was and the testimony of Christ that was seen through him alone speaks volumes. And as you think about your own personal life and as you think about desiring to be used of the Lord, and the last couple of weeks we spent some time talking about our personal ministry. Everyone's not called to full-time ministry. We understand that. But as a child of God, you have a personal ministry that the Lord has allowed you to be a part of and, and doing that work for the Lord. And as you think about Stephen and what's taking place here and you think about how God is using him, and if there was one who lived out Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 21, it was Stephen. And you say, well, what's that verse? That verse is this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's one individual that lived it out. That's one individual that we can look to and we can say, man, if there was ever one who truly lived this verse, it was Stephen. Stephen died. And Stephen was martyred, but he was martyred for the Lord. You see, when we come to understanding the importance of not necessarily who man wants us to be, not who our mom wants us to be or our daddy who wants us to be or the preacher wants us to be, but who does God want us to be? 
What does the Lord want us to be? It's accomplished by John 15, 5, when we understand this, that the Bible says, I am the vine, you the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. What a powerful truth. And this morning I want to encourage you in some things when you begin to think about the life of Stephen. As you think about your own life, as you think about what the Lord would have for you and how he would have for you to be uh, an example to all believers, but an example of what a Christian looks like and how to conduct yourself and what God has for every single one of us. Could I encourage you this morning before we even get into the the message here in just a moment to to be serious and to, to be sincere about this and ask the Lord to reveal to you just what he has for you this morning. I don't know what he has for you. I don't know if he's trying to get your attention on something. I don't know if he, he, he just wants to encourage you. I don't know if you need strength or comfort or maybe you need a, a little push to go and continue serving the Lord. Or maybe you need that, that fire that's ignited to, to really just get you to understand that there's more to this life than just living for your own self-pleasure. But there's more to this life that's found in Jesus alone. And so this evening, we'll deal with this a little bit more, but this morning, look with me for just a few moments at the book of Acts, chapter number 6, and the Bible says in verse number 1, And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Now that's easy to understand. A little bit of murmuring taking place and some things that, that are going on, because some believe that the widows were not being taken care of properly. Verse number 2, the Bible says, And the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procorius, and Canar, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, the uh, proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians of them, of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. And then they suburned him, men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people. And the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel." As you come to Acts chapter number 6, we're going to look at just a few verses as we've already dealt with this in great detail a couple of months ago. But as you come to chapter number 6, you begin to see that they begin to appoint and they begin to appoint. It starts off in verse number 5. The saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. 
And as you come, or the Holy Ghost, as you come to this portion of Scripture and you begin to study the Word of God, you begin to understand just the importance of Stephen, especially in Acts chapter number 6 and what God used him to, to do. I want you to notice a couple of things about Stephen and about the, those who were rising up against him. And then also we'll come back to Stephen. Ultimately, the goal of Stephen was always to do the work for the Lord and point others to Christ and that Christ would be magnified and exalted. Can I share with you that same example must be illustrated in our own personal lives. May it not ever be about you, but may what you do for God always be about God. It's not about us. It's all about Him. And as we come to this portion of Scripture, notice with me, number one, in verse number eight, you see that the Bible says that Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. We see the fullness of Stephen, number one. This was a man that was full of some things. This was a man that was full, very simply, of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the power of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. Now, what does that mean exactly? That means that he was saturated in it. He was committed to it. He was given to it, if you would. He was, he was controlled by it. And this is something that he was full of. He was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and full of wisdom. Stephen was not just an individual who had a good name. That wasn't something that Stephen was. Not only was he a good, uh, an individual that had a good name, but he was one that lived not for that good name, but for God himself. He was one that we have seen unlike many times. This is not an individual that you just would walk into and say, hey, there's a bunch of Stevens around. There's not a lot of Stevens around. This wasn't someone that you say, hey, Stephen's not like, it's not like he's any different from somebody else. He was different from some people. There were some things that just stood out about this individual. There was just some things that stood out about Stephen. And I wonder this morning as we come to the fullness of Stephen, what are some of the things that stand out about us? Or what are some of the things in our day-to-day living and as a, in our testimony of as a child of God or just as an individual, as a, as a person, what are some things that people begin to characterize us by? If I were looking at Jaden here and I were to describe Jaden, what are some of the things that would come to mind as I describe Jaden? As I look at Brother Phil in the back, as I begin to describe Brother Phil, what are some of the things that would come to my mind as I begin to describe Brother Phil? Brother John Sykes, and we could go through every single one of us this this morning, we begin to describe what are some of the things that people say, hey, that person is full of this. That person is is controlled by this. They're given to this. they're, They're completely saturated by this right here. We must ask ourselves that question. Would some of those questions be answered by, hey, that person right there is a, man, that's a person full of faith. Uh, That's a person controlled by the Holy Spirit. They've got the power of God on their lives. God is using them. They've got sound wisdom that the Lord has just provided to them. And man, they don't use it for their their own uh, pleasure. They They don't try to use it and say, look at me and puff themselves up. No, they use it for the Lord. They, What are some of the things that we are full of? As you begin to ask that question, or this morning as you've walked in the house of God, what are you full of? Are you full of maybe anger? Now, are you full of bitterness? Are you full of pride? Are you, are you beginning to be full of, of grace maybe? Are you full of the power of God? Are you full of that faith? Or What are the things that you are full of? As I began to ask myself this question, what are the things that I'm full of? What are the things that I'm controlled by? What are the things that maybe I'm, I'm given to or that I'm saturated with? Begin to ask myself some of those questions. And you know, before I ever get into the pulpit and preach a message, I try to make sure that the Lord has dealt with me first before it. May it never be something in our own lives that we, we come to the Word of God and we all of a sudden think we don't need what God has for us, but hey, that person needs that. Hey, God, I, look, don't convict me of that. I'm perfectly fine, but so-and-so needs that. No, 
As you come to the Word of God, you say, Lord, speak to me. What are some of the things that you're dealing with me about? And I wrote these things down. What needs to be removed? You, you must ask yourself this question. If you want to, to experience and, and be as what Stephen was, which was full of the faith, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, he was full of wisdom, he was full of, of, of what God had for him, what needs to be removed? You know, is there, is there something that is a distraction in your life? Is there, is there something that you're giving your time to more than to the Lord Himself? Uh, maybe it's an activity that you are just consumed by and saturated by. Maybe it's, it's something that you have, have just con- allowed to control your mind and it's what you think on daily. And it's, it's not only that you think on it daily, but you think on it all throughout the day. You know, in the Christian life, the Lord desires that we would think on His Word. And not just think on His Word daily, but all throughout the day. The Lord desires that we would be given to prayer and that we wouldn't just be given to prayer occasionally, but that we would pray without ceasing. You see, the Lord desires that as a child of God, you wouldn't just live the Christian life on a Wednesday and on a Sunday and every once in a while on the weekend, but know that you'd live it every single day of your life. And not just every single day of your life, but every moment of your life. And so that means you have to be controlled by some things. You have to be given to some things, and that is the Lord Himself. What needs to be removed? Or what no longer needs to be present in your life. You know, there are some things that you have to, to get rid of for a season maybe because you can't handle that. Uh, you need to give yourself to the Lord and so for a season you have to separate yourself from maybe that and you begin to say, well, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I shared this on Wednesday, getting away from the mindset of saying it's not necessarily a bad thing, but is it what the Lord has for you? You see, just because something is a good thing doesn't mean it's what God intended for you. There are a lot of things that are very good things, but it doesn't mean that God has it for you right this very moment. And we have to be patient, and we have to ask ourselves that question. What no longer needs to be present in my life? Lord, I want to be a Stephen. I want to be full of the faith. I want to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit and what God has for me. Here's a hard one right here. What friends maybe need to be distanced from? That's a hard question to ask. You know, whenever I had gotten saved... I remember reaching out to some of my friends that were in Columbus, Indiana. You know, moving from Columbus, Indiana to Columbus, Georgia, I had it all figured out. I was going to move back to Columbus, Indiana, and I was going to go to college, and, and I, was going to, I had all my future figured out, and then all of a sudden Jesus had to go and step in the middle. Aren't you glad when Jesus steps right in? And all of a sudden, that plan that I had written thrown out the window. And he said, no. I had gotten saved. I reached out to some of those friends in, in Indiana and tried to lead them to the Lord, but that just wasn't something that, uh, you know, I was able to do. I wasn't able to lead them to the Lord. And uh, I remember there were some of the friends that I just kind of had to separate from for, for testimony's sake and for, for me to grow as a Christian. And I wasn't able to do those things. You know, the, the, the child song that we made reference to on Wednesday, the things I used to do, I don't do those things no more. There were some things I had to put away. And which meant that if those friends were going to do those things, I could not be with those friends. And as you think about those friends that you have in your own life, are those friends encouraging you to grow in Christ? Are they holding you back from what God has for you? It's a hard question to ask. You say, oh, that's, you should never get, I didn't say get rid of a friend. I said distance yourself from a friend. Every single one of those individuals that I uh, had to say, you know what, I can't fellowship with this individual, I can't text this individual and do this, I had to distance myself. We're still Facebook friends, and if you're Facebook friends, it means you're friends, all right? <laughs> but I had to distance myself from it. What else? What entertainment habits need to be reconsidered? That's another one. 
You see, some of these are the things that we would or we would like to keep, not because you know we don't want to do right, but for selfish reasons. But Lord, I enjoy that, but it's not good for you. Uh, it's not what you need to be watching. It's not what you need to be listening to. Hey, that's not where you need to be going. But it's not that big of a deal. It's every once in a while. It doesn't matter. Sin only needs a little bit to creep up and to continue to flourish. The more you give to it, the greater it grows. Would you make any changes to your service to the Lord? It's an amazing thing whenever I, I listen to preachers that are obviously seasoned and have been in the ministry for a long time, or I listen to an individual share a testimony about family, and they'll go on and they'll talk, and maybe they'll share a story, and they'll talk about an individual that's on their deathbed. And that individual may have gotten saved later on in life, or maybe on that deathbed they got saved, or whatever the case might be, but most of the time they had just gotten saved later on in life, and they served the Lord, but they had missed out on so many opportunities. Or they got saved on, early on in life, and they just didn't serve the Lord, but... As they're lying on that deathbed, I've heard it many, many times that somebody says, if I could go and do it all over again, I'd give my life more to Christ. You know, I don't want to be a Christian that's lying on the deathbed one day and as I'm lying there, look at my children and say, listen, Jackson, listen, Holly, listen, no name. If I could do it all over, don't follow after daddy's footsteps. I would have served Christ more. Listen, Jackson, Holly, if you could, if I could go and do it all over again, I would have, I would have cut some of these things out to give myself more to Christ, and I would have, I would have made sure that we would have done this and we would have done that. And listen, don't do more for Christ with your life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have to utter those words. And oh, as I'm lying on my deathbed, I want to be able to lie there and as my children are talking to me say man there's just nothing like serving Jesus Jackson man listen God has so much for you and he might say but dad I just don't think and I'd say listen son I didn't think so either at the age of 23 I didn't want a pastor uh, Jackson, I made up every excuse possible and Jackson at the, at the age of, of, of 23 I didn't think I could be a daddy Jackson, all of the, these things that you're saying that uh, you just don't know about. Listen, Jackson, just put it in God's hand. Live for Him. Do all that He can have for you and give Him your life and just watch what God does. And Jackson, don't look back on your life and say, I wish I would have listened to my daddy. No. Give your life to Christ. That's what I want Jackson to hear. That's what I want Holly to hear. That's what I want my children to understand is that this life is not for us. It's all about Him. Can I share with you, I have no regrets about serving Jesus. Not a single one. The only regrets I have is that I probably could have done a better job in some ways. There are some days where I look back and say, you know what, I, I could have done a better job. Me and my brother-in-law were talking just the other day, and we were talking, and he was asking if there were ever those days that I have where I leave the church and say, well, that was a failure. And I said, boy, do I. There are days when you do as well. There are days whenever you lay your head on your pillow and you, you close your eyes and as you're closing your eyes, you're thinking, man, that was a wasted day. I didn't do nothing productive. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, I, you presented that opportunity. I didn't, I didn't take it. Lord, I, you've allowed me to serve, but I, that wasn't an effective way to serve. Lord, I should have studied more. I should have done this more. I, Lord, I should have given more effort. Stephen... 
was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith. He was full of power. He did great wonders and miracles among the people. And this morning, we must ask ourselves, hey, what are some things that we need to get rid of? God, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to be all in all for you. I want to be controlled by all that you have for me. He looks at us and says, okay, then you're going to have to get rid of some things. You're going to have to set this to the side for a season. You're going to have to give yourself to the Word, to prayer, to me, and allow me to to grow you and to stretch you. You see, Stephen had a good name. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 22, verse number 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. But see, can I encourage you not to be seeking man's approval upon your life? Listen, I'm proud of this youth group and these young men and these young ladies here and and the children that we have when they make good decisions and when they serve the Lord and when they do things. And I I pray that I walk up to them and say, good job, or give them knuckles or whatever the case might be. But listen, I pray that whenever they do things and they're they're, they're seeing that people are walking up to them, that in their heart they don't say, well, the pastor's happy, so that's that's, that's good to go. Mama's happy, so I'm good to go. Daddy's happy. No, no, no. May they say, you know what, it's not about them. It's about him. Uh, may they say I appreciate those kind words, but man, I'm just I'm just thankful that the Lord allows me to serve. I'm just humbled that God has allowed me to uh, do this and to, to 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 be used of the Lord and not seeking man's approval. Stephen, as he is finding himself being accused of some things, notice with me not only. You see the fullness of Stephen, but you see the friction of the crowd. In verses 9 on down, you begin to see that they begin to debate Stephen. They begin to dispute Stephen. The word that is used here is in verse number 11. Notice with me. And then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. That word means to throw under. It means to, to put under, to suggest the mind, to instruct privately. To, br- to bribe unlawfully or secretly, to perform a bad deed or a crime, to, to give a false witness. Could I illustrate it to you this, this morning? What it would very simply be in our modern day term is to throw under the bus. Uh, to, 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 to make sure, to kick them down when they're already down is what would be a co- trying to be accomplished here. You see, they had been talking about Stephen and accusing Stephen, and, and all the while they're making all of these statements. And verse number 15 is my favorite verse. We're going to get to it here in just a few moments, but Stephen, the Bible says, and all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And we're going to come to that here in a moment. I, I really, I, I love this, this portion right here. But in verse number 11, as it, they begin to speak against him, in verse number 12, the Bible says, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. Now, in verse number 10, I want you to notice that the Bible says this, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Now, could I illustrate this for you for just a moment? They're talking about him, and they're, they're, they're saying things about him, and they're talking bad about him, they're slandering his name, they're, they're tearing him down, they're even trying to bribe people to go and to do the same. Stephen, unmoved. You see, he's controlled by the Holy Spirit. He's yielded to the Lord. He's full of faith and full of the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's full of wisdom, just begins to speak. As they're calling him names, maybe, as they're ridiculing him, as they're trying to tear him down, 
He doesn't do the same. You know, we live in a society today where if someone says something bad about you, you think that one wrong makes another one. And it's not, you call me ugly, I call you ugly. It's not how it works. Stephen just stands there and begins to speak. And in verse number 10, the Bible says this. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Now, I love the beginning of this, that they weren't able to resist the wisdom. But the thing that really captured me was one word. And that word is this, spirit. The spirit by which he spake. Can I encourage you, we've said it many times, and I pray it comes across this way in the preaching of God's Word, but you summarize very simply, you don't have to be a jerk. Speak truth and love. You can handle a situation with love. And in verse number 10 here, it talks about his spirit by which he spake and, and how he conducted himself and what a major difference that made and what, a, what an impact that that had. They couldn't resist it. It's kind of like that, that, that situation where you're in an argument and the person that you're maybe talking to is, is really heated. And there are some people that are like this, where they, they're really, really heated. They're mad. And you're just, you're just calm. You're conducting yourself the right way. And the calmer you get, the madder they get. And the more frustrated they get, you try to just relay the message sorry, I'm asking for forgiveness, and the more that you do that, things like, don't apologize to me, it just begins to, to continue to come up. I can imagine here as this is taking place, Stephen is just taking it, understanding, hey, don't lose my testimony here, I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, Lord, give me the wisdom to speak, and as he begins to speak, they couldn't resist it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verses 4 and 5, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. As he begins to address them, they sought to, to very simply, as we already made reference to, to throw him under the bus, but they, they just couldn't resist it. They couldn't resist the wisdom and the, the, the spirit in which he spoke. And so then we come to verse number 15. Notice with me the face of Stephen. And this is, this is my favorite part of it. And I, I'm one who, whenever I'm reading, I try to imagine these things. I try to picture it. And so I try to picture it in maybe not necessarily the, the exact way because I, I don't know, but maybe how I would be able to portray it today in, in some senses. The Bible says, And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And he's just sitting there. He's been slandered, ridiculed, lied on, mocked, and he just sat there as if none of this faced him. Can I encourage you, it's much easier to display a spirit of humility, a spirit of, of patience, when you're controlled by the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh. You see, when you're controlled by the flesh, it's you jump right off. When you're controlled by the flesh, it's whatever comes is said. When you're controlled by the flesh, all of a sudden you, you just want to get the point across. You don't care who is offended by it. When you're controlled by the Spirit, all of a sudden you realize as you've been 
praying without ceasing and you've been in the Word of God and you're controlled and yielded to the Lord and you're, you're cons- completely consumed by Him and what He has for you, that as those moments come, you seek Him in that moment. Lord, give me wisdom to speak on this. Lord, help me not to lose my testimony. Lord, help me to handle this situation properly. You see, you can't argue with a, a, a spirit that is controlled by the Lord. And Stephen, as he is, I imagine, just sitting there with this peace as he's being ridiculed and, and with this comfort that the Lord is going to, to, to make everything okay and he's going to be perfectly fine. And I, My mind goes back to the certain moments whenever somebody is looking at somebody and they're completely unfazed or they're oblivious. Stephen almost has the portrayal in this portion of Scripture right here that he's oblivious to everything that's going on. You ever been a, in a, a group setting and, and somebody might make some, a statement and everybody else is laughing and, and kind of making jokes and, and the person that made the statement doesn't realize it but they're not necessarily laughing with him, they're laughing at them and they're, they're, they're missing it and you know that, that situation right there and they're just oblivious, they're going along with it and all the while someone is, is actually laughing at them, not with them. And then all of a sudden they, they, they find out that you're laughing at them and what does everybody say? No, we're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you. Stephen here, he, he, he just gives the, the sense that he's oblivious. That he's just there, that, that there's nothing wrong with what's going on. Because he was controlled by the Holy Spirit. Can I ask you a question? The enemy is always going to seek to destroy and to disrupt and to discourage the child of God. Count on it. You walk out the doors, discouragement is out those doors. You turn on the TV, discouragement is on the TV. You, you, you go and hang around some people that are just negative, discouragement is all around them. And the devil is going to continuously try to use that within our lives. And there's going to be times whenever somebody or some, some situation arises and maybe someone is talking about you. Maybe the devil is trying to get your attention and trying to discourage you. And as you're yielded and controlled by the Holy Spirit... Could I encourage you, as all of that communication is going on, that you would give off the picture of one who is just looking unto Jesus? You see, you don't even understand. You don't even hear all of the. You don't even hear all of the, the commotion going on over there. You've seen movies where someone is is kind of focused, and there's a group maybe that's talking, and someone might make the statement. They, he doesn't even know that we're talking about him. Look at him over there. Could I encourage you? May that be your testimony. You're so fixated on Jesus Christ. You're so consumed by Christ. Your spirit is completely yielded to Him and you're controlled by the Holy Spirit as, as the enemy is nonstop talking about you. You're just looking ahead. You're at peace. You've you got a smile on your face. Can I share why? It makes the, the enemy angry. You see, when you're unbothered by Satan's attacks, it frustrates him. When you're, un, when you're unbothered by those in the world who will constantly talk about you, it bothers them. Growing up with a brother, and me and my mom were just talking about this, I was the instigator in the family. Jaden, you the instigator in the family? You both the instigator. Your sister's serving in the nursery. There's always one. Was it you or Jameson? I was the instigator. Can I share with you, my victories were won when I got under his skin. I could not, it would frustrate me if I wasn't able to get under his skin. 
I tell him now that he's, he, he needs to, to thank me because he's a state trooper and he's able to control himself now because of me. I said, all those years of practice, now you can handle it. And uh, we joke about that. But I was always trying to get under his skin as a child, and, and I would get in trouble, but he would get in trouble as well. But he would get in trouble because he would fly off. Whatever came to his I mean, one time he punched a hole through a window. Yeah. So I would, I would just instigate him, and he would get in trouble. He would get in trouble for his response. You know what that illustrates for me in my own personal life? In the child of God, there are times the enemy's trying to just get under your skin just so for that brief 10 seconds you can lose your testimony. Lord, I, I I gave in. Lord, I let it. I let let my my words slip out. And Lord, what came to my mind because I was so frustrated. And Lord, I I shouldn't have done that. What were you controlled by? You see, it's easy. It's easy to respond the right way. We're controlled by the spirit and not the flesh. As you come to this portion of scripture, he's being talked about, and all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Does your life portray Christ? You know, it's been said in, in, in many cases that there are two major reasons why someone has never accepted Christ as their personal Savior. Number one, they've never had a Christian come to them and introduce them into the gospel, to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ where they could see their need for a Savior. Or number two, they've come in contact with a Christian and said, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want any part with it. So does your life portray Christ? You say, well, most of it, most of it isn't what God's asking. And you say, well, 95% of the time I, I portray Christ, he's desiring that we portray Christ. As you think about that in our own lives and, and what the Lord has for us, Stephen, and I, I just, as I was reading, I couldn't help but, but be so focused on those words. Verse number 10, the spirit by which he spake. And verse, verse number 15, and all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. As I was sitting there on Thursday and just kind of glancing through some of this, I said, man, I want to be like Stephen. I want to be one who is so full of Christ that there's not even an ounce of the flesh to creep in because I'm so yielded to the Lord. Lord, I want to be full of power. Lord, I want to be full of wisdom. Lord, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be full of all of these things, not because of me, not because I'm anything, because, Lord, I see my need for Christ. And, Lord, I pray that you would help me to be just like Stephen. Stephen, as he's described in the very beginning of chapter number 6, the Bible says in verse number 5, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Man, was Stephen used. You could go on and you could read about Stephen. You could go and you could see the grace that you saw in his life and the, the grace to serve and uh, the grace to, to just you know speak and the things that he, he spoke, it just captured people's hearts and minds as he spoke about Christ, as he pointed others to Christ, and all those many things. As he lived that testimony of Philippians 1.21, I can't help but think that if the same were to be said about me, if I were to be walking down the road, and let's just say the enemy 
someone who just didn't like Christians were to kill me. I wonder what they would say I was full of. Josh, man, he, you know, he, he loved his family. He loved his church. You know, he, he loved Jeeps. You know, all the things that would describe me. But I wonder if they'd say he was full of faith. He was one who was full of the Holy Spirit. He was yielded. He was full of wisdom. And the Lord had his hand on him. And what would they describe us as? This morning, I want to ask you, and I want you to ask yourself this. Lord, reveal to me what I'm full of. What is it? You know, as a, as a child, and I'm wrapping up right now. As a child, whenever you're, you were growing up, if you were sitting there and your parents said, tell the truth, and you told a lie, your parent would say what? You're full of baloney. Could I encourage you this morning? If you ask that question and you try to talk your way out of it, the Holy Spirit would convict you and say, you're full of baloney. Get right with the Lord. Live for the Lord. I'm telling you, there's nothing like living for God and what He can do with our lives. May we ask ourselves this question, Lord, what are we full of? Lord, we do thank You. Lord, I pray that You'd help us. Lord, I pray that it's... Lord, our prayer to live a life that is completely given and yielded to You. Stephen displayed this. Lord, what a blessing that is. Lord, we thank You for our salvation, but Lord, may we not ever get over it. And we thank you for the opportunity to serve and to grow in our knowledge of the Scripture and understanding of the Scripture. And Lord, may we not keep it to ourselves. Lord, if we're full of other things and not full of the Holy Spirit yielded to you and full of power and full of faith, Lord, may you help us. Help us to be Christians that are honest with ourselves this morning. To take that next step of growth in the Christian life. Guide us now direct us and we'll thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.